0: Our God has been faithful and gracious, and He continues to provide for us, and it is a blessing to be able to celebrate how good He has actually been to us. I will tell you that I'm going to share this morning in a way that I typically do not. Um, First of all, you guys do not have um, sermon notes. Part of that is because I got like six pages here, and I knew that I wouldn't use it all, so it would just create more confusion. I was talking to the folks in the sound booth this morning. They said it doesn't matter because you don't stick with your notes usually anyways. Uh, but that, that's just a normal process where sometimes when you get up, you start to thinking about things that you should have shared. Uh, There was actually something that I shared last week, and I was reading this week uh, in a book uh, entitled God's at War. And in that book, it referenced something. I was talking about the Holy Spirit last week. I don't know if you guys remember, uh, but I gave you several scripture references where, in many ways, the Holy Spirit is often referred to as almost being like water. Uh, And I was reading in Jeremiah chapter 2, and we actually have a... Uh, There are actually a couple verses I want to read to you that just kind of emphasize this, and uh, I want to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit this morning as we look, as we continue in our passage, and we'll be in Galatians 5, but this comes from Jeremiah 2. It says in verse 11, and then I'll read verse 13, "'Has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they are not gods at all. But my people have exchanged their glory for worthless idols.'" In verse 13, it says, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns, that cannot hold water. The nation that we live in today, in many ways, we have forsaken our God. We have left the Holy Spirit behind, and we have chosen to walk away from the goodness and the grace that God has blessed us with. And what we've done is we have exchanged the living water that continually is offered to us, a, a living water that flows from beginning to end and just continues over and over again, It's always fresh. We have replaced the living water for a broken cistern. The difference between living water and a cistern is very simple. Living water continually flows through a cistern stops. Eventually the water within that cistern will become stagnant. Eventually the water that is there will begin to spoil. And what happens so often is we feel like we need a little bit more, but we have stopped the flow from the river of life. The reference here to a broken cistern suggests to me that often we have reached a point where even that cistern has dried up. It's time for us to go back to the Spirit of God and to allow Him to truly have His way in us. I will tell you that uh, part of what I'm sharing with you was not even on my plan this morning. Uh, It comes uh, from something that has taken place recently in my life. In fact, I haven't even shared it with my family because it actually happened this morning. Uh, (laughs) More than 30 years ago, I saw somebody that is very important to me, but it has been that long since I've seen that individual. I have joked with you guys in the past about my uh, father and the uh, promiscuous ways that he lived. I actually was married a total of seven times. Uh, I actually, we discovered some of our brothers and sisters at my grandmother's funeral. Uh, we were looking through the obituary and we're doing the math and it's talking about her having so many grandkids and the numbers just weren't adding adding up. So of course I went to my dad and I asked him, he said, oh yeah, you've got another brother and sister. We were scared to death to date somebody from our area. <laughs> we were worried that it was going to turn out to be my sister. I did meet one of my sisters and her name is Lisa, and she contacted me this week through Facebook. Facebook is a wonderful thing. I will tell you that I I am so excited about the opportunity to reconnect with my sister whom I have not talked to in three decades, but I am so thrilled with that opportunity to do that. You know, sometimes things don't happen when you want it to, but eventually they will happen. Today's message is going to be on patience. And it is this message of patience that sometimes we don't really want. Part of the reason is because in order to receive this fruit of the Spirit, um, sometimes we got to go through some stuff. You don't want to ask God, Lord, give me more patience, because then you wonder who God's going to bring in your life. Well, He's going to help you to develop patience. But the reality is, patience is something all of us must have as children of God. It is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's something that God expects us to be able to maintain. In Galatians 5, and 23, God is telling us that we must be patient with our Christian brothers and sisters. The church in Galatia had some serious problems, one of which was that there were people in the church that couldn't get along. Look again at Galatians 5, 15 if you would. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. This was a church that apparently they were struggling with biting at each other. They were being envious of one another, complaining about one another. There were people in the church that were engaged in backbiting and sniping at one another. They might not have done it to each other's faces. More likely, they did it behind one another's back. But the point remains that Paul knew that they were biting and devouring each other. So Paul tells them that they have to make a choice. In fact, really all of Galatians 5 is about that choice. You have one choice or the other. They could be led by God's Spirit, or they could wallow in sinful behaviors of the flesh. Paul goes on to describe some of those sinful behaviors. He says that, They are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. By the way, that last phrase, and the like, basically means if I missed one, you guys know already you're not supposed to be doing it. Then he goes on to say, I warn you in Galatians 5, 19, to 21, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the first choice. Here's the second one. Paul goes on into, in detail to declare this from Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now often as we read from this passage our first thought is well this is all about the individual. But I would suggest that based on the description that we see early in the passage this is as much about the church as a whole as it is the individual. The church must make sure that we are filled with these behaviors Love, joy, peace, those are the ones we've already looked at, now patience. Specifically looking at patience in the body of Christ. Paul described what every church really knows should be inside. A church that is a place where people love one another, where they work at creating an atmosphere of joy, where they promote peace between each other, where they are patient with one another. And the list could go on and on. This morning, I want to focus on our need to be patient with one another. The Greek word here, I'm going to mispronounce it, it doesn't matter because most of us here don't speak Greek. The Greek word here is makrothumi, which means slow to anger. Where in the King James Version, it actually puts it with the phrase long-suffering. I recently read a story about a kindergarten teacher who was helping one of the children put on their boots. They worked together to push and pull and tug and it seemed like she'd never get those boots on him. The boots just didn't seem to want to go on. They finally got the second boot on when the little boy looked up and said, teacher, they're on the wrong feet. She looked and sure enough they were. It wasn't any easier pulling the boots off than it was putting them on. She managed to keep her cool as together they worked to get the boots back on, this time on the right feet. He then announced, well, these aren't my boots. (laughs) She literally bit her tongue and controlled herself as she asked, well, why didn't you say so? Once again, she struggled to help him pull the ill-fitting boots off. Then he said, they're my brother's boots. My mom made me wear them. She didn't know whether to laugh or to cry. She mustered up the grace and courage she had left to wrestle the boots back on his feet again. Then she said, Now, where now are your mittens? He sweetly looked up at her and said, I stuffed them down in the toes of my boot. <laughs> that is long suffering. That is patience in the presence of repeated frustration. And why was that teacher willing to show such patience? Because this little boy was only a kindergartner. He didn't know any better than what he was doing. He he wasn't trying to be rebellious or mean-spirited. He was just immature. In the church, you are going to find lots of people very much like this kindergartner. They'll have less maturity than you expect them to have, but unless... They're being rebellious or mean spirited, God calls you and I to be patient with them. Why? Because the church is made up of many different kinds of people. We all have different backgrounds. It took many different ways for us to get to this point. And each one of us is imperfect. It's true, Ephesians 4 advises us to be patient, bearing with one another in love, making every effort. To keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. You may look around you and you see people that are so different because we've come from so many different backgrounds. Yet we have one thing in common, and that is Jesus Christ. It is the fact that he laid down his life for us. Maybe you look at other people and you see all their imperfections and you think to yourself, how can anybody put up with that? And the only thing I can say to you is that many people have probably looked at you in the same way. While God has been patient with you, God now calls us to be patient with those around us. God's objective is to take people from many different walks of life. People who have struggled with many kinds of sins and then save them and join them together. Like the pieces of a puzzle. His goal is to take these people of various shapes and sizes and colors and fit them together to form a glorious picture of unity that can impress even the most jaded skeptic or critic. Ephesians 4, 15-16 tells us that our goal should be to speak the truth in love so that we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together, kind of like pieces of a puzzle, by every supporting ligament growing and building itself up in love as each part does its work. Now the problem is that patience doesn't come naturally to us, at least to most of us. Some of you are very patient and I am grateful for that, but it doesn't come naturally to all of us. Galatians says that true patience comes through the Spirit of God. In other words, if I am filled with the Spirit of God, I will become a patient person. Over time, that patience will grow, and I will become far more patient than I am today. First, he does so by reminding that God has had to be patient with me. In his letter to the Colossians, Paul says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. One of the reasons at times we fail to be patient with one another is because we almost forget what God has had to forgive and be patient with about us. Often we forget the foolish choices that we've made, the attitudes that we displayed we look at others and we see all their imperfections and we do not want to offer patience to them. Colossians 3, 14, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, why do we get irritated with the people around us? Because they aren't perfect. We sometimes forget that the longer they're in the church, The longer they're in the presence of Jesus, the one who cleans our hearts, that they will become more like him. But until that time comes, they're going to be imperfect. It's one of the problems we have is uh, Paul actually addresses on multiple occasions individuals who they've been in the body of Christ for a long time. He says, by now you should be on solid food, but you're still immature. You're still in need of milk. You still need the really the foundations that you should have had when you were a child. There are times that those in the body of Christ fail to grow, and sometimes we lose our patience, but recognize that most of us have not grown as fast as we need to. Sometimes we have not allowed God to truly clean us of the filth that we have allowed to exist. I once read the story of two bachelors who were talking one day, and their conversation drifted from politics to sports, to cooking. One of them said, I got a cookbook once, but I could never do anything with it. The other one said, there's too much fancy stuff in it, huh? He said, no, it wasn't that. The problem was that each of those recipes began the same way. Take a clean dish I remember as a college student, I see all the college students coming back and right now moms are here and they're making sure that their kids are set up. I went into Walmart yesterday. That is not the place to go the Saturday before the school starts back. I went into Walmart and it seemed like every mother was there making sure that their kids had everything that they need to have a clean apartment. Now, do you know how long that's going to last? until mom goes home. Often what happens is guys tend not to be very clean people. Understand that sometimes we need someone else to clean us up. That's where Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit comes from. As we look at these fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, the whole list. As we look at the fruits of the Spirit, We need to recognize that the only reason it's possible for us to display those characteristics is because the Holy Spirit is doing the cleansing work within us. He is making it possible for us to be something that we're not on our own. Sometimes there are people in our lives and we don't really want to be patient with them. There are some people in our lives that we've tried to be patient with them, but we recognize we just don't have what it takes. I will tell you that those are the times that we must lean more heavily on the Holy Spirit's presence than any other. In our weakness, we find strength in him. We find strength in the one who can enable us and equip us to do what we cannot do on our own. We need the Lord to be more than just something that we experience on Sunday morning. He needs to be a part of our lives continuously. Jesus said that if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. When someone does something to you that you know was not right, instead of becoming bitter and choosing to turn your back upon them, choose to offer grace and patience with them. If you have a problem with anybody, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to examine your heart first. I love that. We have an issue with somebody else because they did something, and instead of us identifying what they've done wrong, God says the first thing you should do is look at your own heart. Well, that doesn't seem right. I want to look at their heart. We need to begin by looking at our own hearts and see whether or not maybe there's something in me that does not belong. Then we are to go to the individual and we are to talk with them. By the way, there are multiple times where that is made clear, especially in the New Testament. I'm not addressing this issue of patience because I think that there is a problem in this church. In fact, I will say this is one of the most loving congregations that I have encountered. This is a place where people should feel safe. Uh, A part of that has to do primarily, I think, with the fact that many of the people here know how love is supposed to be done. So actually, I want to commend you as a church. I loved being able to have a special offering this morning for a family that's in need. I love the fact that we have a generous church, that when they recognize the need, they immediately say, what can we do to help? this is a church that we've looked at the community around us and we've realized the need for Christ, especially in the college communities, whether it's SWOO or Clemson or Tri-County or whatever other college institution that's close by, we recognize that the need is there and our job is to love them into the kingdom. And as we do so, I thank you, first of all, for that. But even in the best churches, we need to be reminded Of the need to be lovingly patient with one another. That's why I want to challenge you today to make a vow. Specifically a commitment that when there is discomfort, instead of simply complaining, when there is disagreement, instead of going and talking to somebody else about it, we will face it head on. We will not allow Petty things to become a stumbling block to this church. I will tell you that in the coming weeks, we are going to be starting a new service. It will take place, uh, looks like the last Sunday in September will be our, new, our first service for the new service that will be out in the Family Life Center. The addition of a new service brings discomfort. This service that exists here currently starts at 1030 As a part of bringing in a new service, we're actually going to move this service up to 10 o'clock starting that Sunday. Then we're going to have another service that will begin at 1130 and it will last for an hour or so out in the other building. As we look to bring in new folks, there will be discomfort. Some people are going to look and they're going to say, I don't want to have two services because I won't know everybody that's there. But, Pastor, now the parking lot's full and I'm having troubles finding a spot. Good. (laughs) Understand that there will be things that make us uncomfortable, and I ask for you to be patient as that takes place. We've already been doing construction, we've been doing all kinds of stuff, and there's been a lot of stuff that we've gotten done over the past year, but it requires patience. And I just ask that you would continue. To share that. There's a story that's told about a dad who came home late one night. He had a hard day at work and all he wanted to do was to sit down and relax. He picked up the evening paper and he headed for his easy chair by the fireplace. About that time he got his shoes untied and plop into his lap came his little five-year-old son. Hi dad, let's play. The man loved his boy dearly. But he really needed to rest a while. But how could he disappoint his son who needed him to play? Just then, his eyes fell on a picture on the front of the section of the newspaper. There had been a recent space mission, and the newspaper carried a huge picture of the earth. Suddenly, an idea occurred to him. He asked his son to fetch a pair of scissors and some tape. Quickly, he cut the picture of the earth into various shapes and sizes, and then added the pile of homemade jigsaw puzzle pieces to him. You tape it all back together, son, and then come back and we'll play, okay? So the boy scampered off to his room and dad breathed a sigh of relief. He thought for sure that such a jumbled mass of puzzle pieces, the boy would probably be tied up for another 20 to 30 minutes. But in less than 10 minutes, the boy came running back with everything taped perfectly in place. Stunned, the father said, how did you do that so fast? He said, it was easy, Daddy. The The boy turned the picture over and pointed to a picture of a man on the back of the sheet. When you put the man together, the world comes together. Apparently, there was a picture on the other side, and it was of a man. And the boy made a great statement. When you put the man together, the world will come together on its own. I look at this church, and I will tell you that I think this church has great potential to go and to change this world for Christ, but it begins by putting the man and the woman together first. We must make sure that we are people who are filled with these fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, and even patience. Be patient with one another. Love each other when it is not necessarily easy to love. Be people who offer grace rather than judgment all the time. There are times, by the way, that we ought to hold each other accountable. But lean toward grace. If you would, bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Father, as we come before you, Lord, we are grateful for your grace that you have extended to us. Thank you for being patient when perhaps we would not have been patient with ourselves. Father, you have been so good and generous to us in many ways. You've brought people into our lives and they have blessed us so much. Lord, you have allowed us at times to be used by you for great things, but at times we have not been patient enough with the people in our lives. Lord, I pray today that you would make us those patient people so that we might truly lean toward grace rather than judgment or rebuke. Or may we be instruments of your grace to the people that you've placed in our lives, even here in this church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I told you this morning that I was going to ask you guys to make a vow. And this is what I'm going to ask you to do. If you would commit today To truly offer a patient, forgiving, and gracious heart to the people around you. I'm going to ask as we close this morning that you would stand with me. Now this is what I will tell you. If you have stood up for that, that means you have committed to be that gracious individual. Remember that when you are tempted to not show grace. Remember that when you know, now some of you are saying, I just stood up because everybody else was standing up. (laughs) Remember that when other people say things that bother you, when there are changes that make you uncomfortable, remember that you have promised to offer patience first. Thank you for being with us this morning. Go in peace.